we can look presentable. And I mean, I got a nice sweater on. It's not like I'm sitting here looking like a hobo. I'm not asking for Jimmy Haslam cash handout and a Johnny Manziel pick on the side here. I don't know what that's from. It that was, doesn't ring any bells for me. Did we do that? It was it was last week when I was talking about how far you have come from wearing, you know, when I first got here, you wanted to wear a blazer every time we are in the studio. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I got to work with fucking Florio and wear a blazer every day? Like, oh, man, I got to do something to try to change this. So I think we were talking about that. <laughs> well, I've gotten to the point after five years where I no longer give a shit. So no more blazers yes. except on Sunday Night Football when you have a blazer. And it's about time for you to break out the college professor sweater, sweater I, I know. under the jacket, right. over the tie knot. Yes. Yeah, you know why? You know what? You know here. what happened? I got a little gun shy on that one, honestly. I'm not even going to lie. I actually do want to do that. I feel like sometimes I'm not a team player. If I'm not wearing the suit and tie like everybody else. And then the other thing is the last time I did it in the middle of the show, Warren Sapp texted me and told me I look like shit. So it kind of made me gun shy with it, you know, and then why I don't know why I would listen to Warren Sapp about how I look. I don't know, but I think that's like between those two things, I've been reluctant to do it. You slip back into your old role from 2003 <laughs> right, of right. being under Warren Sapp's thumb, <laughs> yep, supplying him right. with Copenhagen on demand <laughs> and picking up $20 bills he threw on the floor of the locker <laughs> right. room as compensation for your services. All right, it's PFTPM and Chris Sims unbuttoned, and there are no buys for the rest of the season, so we cannot screw around. We have to get to the games because there are 16 of them, one on Thursday, three on Saturday, the rest on Sunday and Monday night, as it usually is. Here we are from last week. I still lead. Boy, we sucked last week. I mean, we were bad last week. We finally had a good week on best bets, five and one combined, but the rest of the way, seven and six. Maybe I shouldn't have agreed with you on everything. Well, so, it, yeah. Uh, you know, anyway. Yeah, it's all right. Hey, I'll, I'm glad I'm going. The best bets are my number one focus. The, that's all. Well, I, that's, that's the my only, only thing hope. you have a chance at. Right. And it's yeah, the one that's, you know, it's the most prestigious of all of them, too. No, don't so. give me that shit. Oh, by Listen, far. You know it is. It's all you've got left. <laughs> You'd be saying it doesn't matter. I'm winning in two of the three categories, so it doesn't matter. You can have the third category. Well, you know, so. yeah, we, hey, I'm into making the, the fans money. All right. That's what I want to do. Oh, just, I'm making them money. I'm still, I'm still six games above 500 against the spread. I'll take that. Hey, yep, I'll take that is. and That's go to good. the bank, literally. All right, let's get to it. All odds provided by BetMGM Thursday Night Football. The 49ers are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Seattle, 43-and-a-half over under. We talked about this game at length in PFT Live. You'll hear about a half-hour breakdown of it if you check out our show from this morning, Thursday morning, if you're listening to this on Friday or thereafter. Chris, it's time to pick a winner, 49ers or Seahawks, and give me the score. Well, I'm going to pick the 49ers, but it, I don't look at it and just go, oh, this is a slam dunk. Like, this is definitely going to happen. First off, you know, Brock Purdy, the injury there, you know, his status, how close is he to 100%? Yeah, does it worry me a little bit? Yes, for sure. You know, and then the, the Seahawks and Pete Carroll have shown a little bit of propensity over the last few years to kind of slow down the Shanahan attack. There's no Debo Samuel, so that bothers me a little. It is in Seattle, right? And I do think because no Debo Samuel on the field, and Seattle has you know one corner that's really good in Tariq Woolen, and the other one, Michael Jackson, is, is not bad himself. 
But I think that could allow them to load the box and put everything into stopping the run and maybe feeling comfortable with, hey, we'll just play man out here and we're not going to, you know, we're not going to, we're going to, we're going to roll the dice on. We don't think Brock Purdy's going to tear us up for a hundred or 350 yards. Right. So that, that's what worries me as far as the Seahawks keeping it close, but the 49ers are clearly the better team. We know that the running game has been like, Special as of late, the true running game, like not even the tricks, just between the tackles, smash mouth football. And I think that's the encouraging thing. And Seattle, you know, last week they hung in there for like three quarters against the Carolina run game. And the fourth quarter, the dam broke. And that's kind of how I kind of think it's going to happen tonight. I think it's going to be a little bit of a defensive struggle. Their defense is going to hang in there. You know, I, I don't think Seattle is going to have a, an easy time moving the football. And their round, ground game and controlling the clock, I'm going to take the 49ers 20-17 to 17 in this one, Mike. I've got 27-20. So you're actually picking the Seahawks to cover that three-and-a-half points. I am. That surprised me. I know. Me. I know that that really does, because I I think this could be worse than seven. I've got 27-20. It could be worse. I'm giving Pete Carroll the benefit of the doubt here because he knows the opponent well. He knows the circumstances, knows the stakes. We'll have these guys ready short week. But after being overpowered in the run game on Sunday, and you've got a 49ers team rolling in that had it all working the right way against a Buccaneers team, that dismantled the Seahawks in Germany. And I hate, you know, I don't like to do that. Yeah, no, but I hear you. The 49ers blew out the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers manhandled the Seahawks. Therefore, it's going to be 62-3. to I mean, the way the NFL is, the Seahawks probably win the damn game just to complete the round robin, everybody getting a win, everybody getting a loss between those three teams. I still think the 49ers 27-20. Christian McCaffrey, I think Brock Purdy will be fine. The defense is the focal point of this team. Nick Bosa chasing around Geno Smith. Ken Walker, not the guy that he was earlier this year. He's healthy. He'll be back. But I think the 49ers, good enough to win this game by more than three and a half points, maybe more than seven. I'll go 27-20, though, just out of respect to the Seahawks because at home, wearing those green highlighter uniforms, maybe they'll find a way to make it interesting. But it all comes down. It's just a touchdown. 27-20, 49ers win. Saturday, three games. Let's start with the early game, 1 o'clock Eastern. Colts taking on the Vikings. T-shirt and hat time for the Vikings, which may be all they win this year. They win the division if they win the game. Colts are four-point underdogs at U.S. Bank Stadium, an over-under of 48.5. Colts coming off of a bye week. Colts have played well under Jeff Saturday. Vikings at home. Big day. Big opportunity. Short week. Can they do it? Can they beat the Colts? Can they cover the spread, Chris? I, I, I mean, I, I'm going to take the Vikings to win. I do think this is scary. I don't think they're going to cover. I'm going to say that. I think the Colts will hang around. I think the Colts' defense is 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 made to to, to stop the Vikings' pass offense. Uh, I, I think that the Vikings will have a hard time consistently moving the ball on this team. We've seen not a lot of teams run the ball with great success against the Colts, and you know they're they're really well coached. From that you know standpoint, as far as the defense, they don't put themselves in a lot of man-to-man situations where they're going to have to be trying to chase Justin Jefferson all over the field. You know, they're they're with the architect of the Seattle three cover three zone defense there, and they know how to pass people off and do that. And you know, something you talked about, and we talked about on PFT a little earlier today, like uh, 
the Vikings defense, I mean, come on. This is a game where, yeah, it's not a great offense they're playing, but but so what? The Vikings defense is not good to where I could see Matt Ryan having, you know, the short intermediate passing attack having success and then being able to run the ball with, with Jonathan Taylor. So I'm going to take the Vikings here, but this is one of those games where, you know, we have those three, four unforeseen upsets every weekend. This would be one of those I'd probably put in that category to go, oh, the upset could happen in this one. But I'm going to go with the Vikings and, and their late-game magic and what we've seen, and I'm going to go 21-20 Vikings. This one's pasta and meatballs for me. This feels like a game where the Vikings check the box, win the division, whatever happens the following week, Christmas Eve against the Giants, that's just gravy. That's positioning for maybe the two seed. Then they've got the two road games against the Packers and the Bears. Really won't matter. I think the Vikings are going to end up the three seed. I think they're going to have a hard time holding off the 49ers for the two seed. But still, this to me feels like old school rollicking day at U.S. Bank Stadium. The Colts aren't good enough to hang with the Vikings long term. And I think the Vikings finally get a win by more than one score for the first time since week one against wow. the Green Bay Packers. All right. And here's, here's the fact of the week. I'd had kind of a nagging feeling that it's been a while since the Vikings have beaten the Colts. The last time the Vikings beat the Colts, Chris, oh, yeah. was 1997. Whoa. Before Peyton Manning was on the Colts, right. before Randy Moss was on the Vikings, do you know who the quarterback of the Colts was when the Vikings last beat the Colts? December 21, 1997, almost 25 years to the day, 39-28, Vikings won at the Metrodome. Who was the quarterback of the Colts that day? Man, 97. I, I want to say Jim Harbaugh. Yes. Okay. Your friend and mine. Right. Jim Harbaugh. Yep. Tell your dad. Say hello to hi. your dad. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I think the Vikings win 30-17. to 17. I, And I also think they're going to lose in the divisional round. You don't know. Oh, it's going to be a homer. They're going to get their asses kicked in the division round against whoever they play, wherever they play that game. But they win the game. They get their T-shirt and hat. Yippee. You better frame it because that's all you're getting this year, Minnesota Vikings. Next up, Ravens at the Cleveland Browns in the mid-afternoon game on Saturday. Deshaun Watson taking on presumably Tyler Huntley. He was practicing yesterday. He's in the concussion protocol. He's got to pass all five levels and come back. It'll be Anthony Brown, if not him. No practice yet for Lamar Jackson, who potentially could play after suffering a PCL injury in his knee. The Browns are two-and-a-half-point favorites in this one against the 9-4 and four Baltimore Ravens. Chris, do you see an upset, which I really don't think is an upset if the Ravens pull off this win, over-under of 37, who you got? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little with you. I mean, it's scary. You know, I don't look at it and go, oh, I feel, like, totally comfortable here, but I'm going to pick the Ravens to win the game. I am. The Ravens, the, first off, the defense is – played like really good the last five or six weeks. The only thing you could kind of look at like, that's a little bit like, oh, wait, that wasn't a good day, was when Trevor Lawrence threw the ball on them the way he did in the, in the fourth quarter and the third quarter of the second half against that, in that loss against the Jaguars. But every other than that, they probably been, they've been pretty good in all areas. I have a hard time thinking that the run game of Cleveland is going to really get going. And I have a hard time still thinking that the pass game, you know, is going to get going. And Deshaun Watson's going to be able to carry the squad with his right arm quite yet. We saw improvement last week, certainly. But 
I'm not sitting here ready to think that he's going to be able to dice up the Ravens' defense and move the ball up and down the field on them. I don't know. I'm just, I, don't know. I, I, I feel like the Ravens have righted the ship on that side of the ball to a degree. It's not a dominant defense, but it's a good defense, and it's playing pretty good football right now. And then the thing I love is just what I saw in the Steelers game last week. You know, one of the things I wrote in my notes when the game was over, I wrote, we can't forget about the Ravens when their O-line is healthy, which it was last week except for Kevin Zeitler, and the running backs are healthy. They're a different team, and they're more closer to the elite category, in my opinion, when it's like that. So I'm going to go with the, the Ravens here. I think it's going to be close. It won't be pretty. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a, a thread-the-needle approach here and go Ravens 17-16. I think it'll be a late-game field goal that kind of wins the game for them. Uh, but I, I, just, I, I trust them in these type of games, that they'll get it done this time of the year more than the Cleveland Browns. You're not threading the needle though, because the Ravens are. Underdogs. Oh yeah, duh. So I forgot. I see. That's so, how I'm no, still. It's weird. It's crazy. Right. Right. I think the Ravens win twenty to fourteen. I think the defense is good enough to confound Deshaun Watson. He's got a long way to go to get back to being the guy that he was. Those seven hundred days show. Yeah. And he wasn't good against the Texans. They won with special teams and defense. He wasn't good against the Bengals, and I think just the rest of this season is preseason, extended for 2023, getting Deshaun Watson to a point where you can work with him all offseason long and get him ready for 2023 week one. That's the best the Browns can hope for. I think the Ravens win this game 20-14, to 14, and they continue their push for division title and kind of outside shot at number one seed, although they're going to they're going to need to have a lot of things fall their way to end up being the one seed. They're still very much alive, and they're a team that can be very dangerous come January. So 20-14 to 14 Ravens, we agree on that one. And for the first time, we agree on both winner and against the spread this week. Dolphins-Bills, seven-point favorites are the Buffalo Bills at home, 43 over under, a little lower than maybe I thought it would be. Saturday night primetime, under the lights with the snow possibly falling. The Dolphins trying to reverse a two-game losing streak. Chris, who do you have? Yeah, this is – I can't wait for this game. I mean, it's, it's, this is one of the games of the weekend. Of course, we know they're two of the better teams in the AFC. Bill's in, you know, in, in control of their destiny as far as home field advantage. They lost to the Dolphins earlier this year. The Dolphins, like you said, on a losing streak here where the offense has sputtered, and mainly it's because of Tua – so, and now he's got to go up to Buffalo and play a good defense and play in elements that we all questioned whether he can do it. You know, and so far in his NFL career, when he's played in elements like this, it's been bad. Like, not, not just okay, it's been bad. So, I, I, I'm expecting that again. I'm not expecting maybe as bad as we've seen, but I, I, can't, I can't sit here with a, a good conscience and football IQ and go, I'm, I, I feel good about the Dolphins. I mean, this is a team that had heaters on the sidelines last week when it was 54 degrees in L.A., all right? Yeah, it's going to be 20 degrees, and who knows what it is going to be with wind chill. And, Mike, did I hear this right, that the Bills aren't going to put heaters on their sidelines, therefore the Dolphins can't put any on their sideline? Is that a real thing? Am I off base on that? Uh, I don't know. Okay, but either way, getting back to the X's and O's of it is – I do think we have saw a team last week with the Chargers who laid a little bit of more of a, a, a framework of how to stop the RPOs and all that, all the easy throws that McDaniel delivers for Tua. And the Bills 
did a pretty good job of that already the first time they played them. So, and the Bills are healthy. The first time they played, remember, that was a game where, what did we say? It was 11 out of the 22 starters, maybe more than that, were missing for the Bills in that game, and a number of their key defensive players. Uh, so I, I like the Bills in this one. And then I do think the Dolphins' defense was just good and talented. This is just not the right matchup for them. Being over-aggressive against this guy at quarterback is not the right thing. And I don't know if they're good enough in zone coverages and all that to stop them either. So I'm going Bills 28-17, Mike. I got 34-21. And, look, I see this as an opportunity for the Bills to rectify one of the glaring black marks on their resume for 2022 when they went down to Miami and they should have won that game, could have won that game. And they had to deal with the heat and the sun and the way that the stadium's configured. And it all lined up against them. And they still were the better team that day. Remember, the yardage differential was yeah. obscene. Time of possession. Right. Yeah, everything. Everything. Right. They messed you up You look a at protection. the stats and you would assume right. the Bills blew them out. And right. I think the Bills are good enough at home. And there are questions about that Miami offense based upon recent weeks. The first time it was an aberration from Tua. The second time you pay attention and now the Bills have a chance. And the way that they knocked around Mike White on Sunday, are you kidding me? They are going to be coming after Tua with everything they have. They broke his ribs last year. Yeah. Remember that? Right. They broke Tua's ribs. They weren't broken then they were broken. So uh, it's going to be a long day or night, as the case may be, for the Miami Dolphins. 34-21, and the Bills – Feeling that opportunity to seize the brass ring of the one seed and forcing everybody to come to Buffalo in the postseason. That's how you get to the Super Bowl if you are a Buffalo Bills team that is good enough to otherwise qualify for that game. One o'clock Sunday, Steelers at the Panthers. Carolina is a two and a half point favorite against a Pittsburgh team that is trying to avoid Mike Tomlin's first losing season ever. They need to win the rest of their games to get to 9-8 and eight or tie one of them to avoid that fate. Panthers, they win their Final Four. They win the division. Who do you like in this one? 37 and a half. You kind of tipped your hand earlier on PFT Live. You know where I stand. Pasta and meatballs 100 miles up the road from me. The Pittsburgh Steelers don't bet against Mike Tomlin, especially when his back's against the wall. Are you taking the Steelers or the Panthers, Chris? Yeah, I, you know, there's some things about the Panthers that are, that are good and that, that I like. And Steve Wilkes and the things he's done to the defensive side of the ball, he certainly made them better. And, you know, as we've discussed really for the last two years, they got some really talented guys. They do. And, and, you know, that's where, you know, it is interesting here. Uh, Their front seven has got great speed and length and their linebackers the same way and the secondary is really good. They got two corners and J.C. Horn and C.J. Henderson that are phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett could not get open against them last week. All their yards came in the slot, and really all their yards came on the last drive of the game when they were up by 13, the Carolina Panthers, and just played prevent. Each one of those three receivers on the Seahawks had 25 yards receiving on that last drive. So their defense is it's not going to be easy for the Steelers. All right, And then the other side of it is the Panthers are – you know, they're extreme patience. They're going to run the ball. They're trying to play run the clock out, high percentage pass, play through the defensive type of game. But I don't know. I mean, yeah, I like that approach. It's the right approach for Carolina. But that's right up the alley for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what the way they want to play right now. And I just think they're better at it. And as long as, you know, 
Kenny Pickett or Trubisky, whoever's playing, just plays conservatively. I think they'll win an ugly defensive struggle type of game. I'm going 16-13 Steelers. 17-13 Steelers, and I agree with you completely on this one. This is right in the wheelhouse of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The formula the Panthers want to use and have been using fits exactly with what the Steelers under Mike Tomlin do, and I don't think you can out-Steeler the Steelers. Yeah, right. Pittsburgh wins this game. Regardless of whether it's Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky or Mason Rudolph, doesn't matter. And the Steelers are still very much alive. I mean, relatively speaking, they run the table nine and eight. Maybe they get in. Would have been helpful if they had beaten the Ravens last week. But they come back from this adversity. They lose a game and they don't let it become a second straight loss. They rebound. They're tough. They're gritty. They're the Steelers. I think they win this game 17-13. We move on to the next game on the 1 o'clock Sunday docket. The Eagles, nine-point favorites at Chicago. The Bears coming off of a bye week. Justin Fields missed practice on Wednesday with an illness. He should be good to go come Sunday, 48-and-a-half over under. Do the Eagles win? Do the Eagles cover Chris? Yes and yes. I mean – it's official. The Eagles are a great team. We know that. Um, I, 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 the first thing I look at is just go, how do the Bears stop the Eagles' offense? Somebody explain to me how that's going to happen. I, I, there's just there's there's no area I can look at to go. Well, if they do this or if that happens, I mean, I just I don't see any area that they have really any chance in. They're not going to be able to stop the run. They're not a good run-stopping defense anyways. And that's the best running offense in football. Even if they didn't have Jalen Hurts and they just ran normal running back runs, it would still be the best running offense in football if they just stayed with it. And then, okay, yeah, I mean, we know the recipe. All right, now you're playing man-to-man. And they, they don't got the guys to cover that crew there. So that's where I just don't see any really bright spot for – the the Bears. And then on the other side of the ball, hey, of course there's the Justin Fields. I get it. He's crazy. Awesome. He's going to make two or three runs in the game where we're going to go, holy shit, how did he do that? He got 60 yards up the sidelines. You know, I'm, I'm sure. But I, I just feel like that's about the only thing that's going to happen positive. And the, the, the Eagles have righted the ship. They have fixed their issues on the defensive line between Javon Hargrave kicking butt in the middle you know, Sweat and Hassan Reddick on the outside, I think they're going to be a pain in the butt for Fields to get around the edge. This is a defense that practices against their own offense, so they know some of the quarterback design run stuff. Uh, Eagles, 38-21. I believe that the Bears will keep this close. I just feel like the Eagles are caught between the big win over the Giants at MetLife Stadium and the big game that's coming next Saturday against the Cowboys in Dallas. This is just one of those, kind of like what happened when they played the Colts. Like, you know, the Bears rested, and that Bears defense, although it's not great, they know a thing or two about seeing Justin Fields in practice. Yeah, I hear you. So that makes them a little better adept at dealing with Jalen Hurts. The problem is, okay, we can deal with Jalen Hurts running. Uh-oh, what about everybody else? Exactly. Uh-oh, what about the passing? Right. But but I, I just, this is just pure, raw Initial impulse, you know, my my very carefully constructed algorithm and mathematical model that takes a bunch of factors into account and ultimately comes down to the first impulse that I have when I look at the game and think about it. I think the Bears keep this close, but the Eagles find a way to win. It's kind of like the equivalent of the Cowboys game last week against the Texans. The Bears got nothing else to play for, Chris. This is it for them. This is the 
pride game. This is the let's convince ourselves we can be a contender next year by giving the Eagles everything they can handle. And I think they will. And I think the Eagles will win, but I don't think the Bears are going to roll over for them. There's too much pride there in Chicago, and there's an opportunity to maybe knock them off. And it would be fitting if maybe a – I don't think it's going to happen, but wouldn't it be great if there would be a bank of fog that would roll in for this one? Because <laughs> that that's what be. happened <laughs> once upon a time between these two teams in a playoff game. All right, Chiefs-Texans. Yet again, the Texans are double-digit underdogs. You know what? They've covered – congratulations, Texans. Three of the four times they've been more than 10-point underdogs. Right now – 14 points the Chiefs are favored over the Texans in Houston. They almost got win number two of the season last week against the Cowboys. Chiefs had a 27-point lead and then let the Broncos back into it. What happens in this one? The biggest spread of the week and a 49-point over under Chris. Yeah, that, well, I, I think it, it, it kind of stinks for the Texans psychologically and emotionally. It, to me, it's like the worst storm. Oh, wait, you get the Chiefs who didn't play that good but still won, so they're going to be like, yeah, we won, but – we're kind of pissed off, and we know we got to play better. And it sounds like Kadarius, Tony, and McCole Hardman will be back. You know, And then it's the other side of it is the Texans should have won, and they didn't really play that good. It's just the Cowboys messed things up. Prescott, two dumb interceptions, dropped a punt close to their own end zone. I mean, so that's where I just I look at it and go, I, I don't think that bodes well you know, for, for the Texans in this one. And – I just think this is a game where, one, Houston, yeah, it's about the run game, and Damian Pierce isn't totally 100%. And when you're one-sided or lopsided like that, the Chiefs are pretty good on defense that way. And then I just feel like this is a game where it's a stat game. It's a, This is where I just feel like the Chiefs offense, they're going to feel it. They're going to know it. You know, Mahomes is going to be mad. He threw three interceptions last week. They're all going to look at it and go, wait, we could – uh, Kelsey's going to be like, I can get 100 receiving this week. And Mahomes going, I can throw for 405 touchdowns and really help myself with the, the MVP and, and all of that. I, it just, I, the Texans aren't going to be able to get pressure on them. I'm, I'm 35-17 Chiefs. I got 41-24. I think the Chiefs are going to romp and the Chiefs are going to cover and the Chiefs aren't going to let them back into it. And the Chiefs are going to feel the compulsion to keep the pedal to the metal because the Bills will most likely have won. Either way, the Bills will have won and the Chiefs need to keep pace or the Bills will have lost and the Chiefs have an opportunity to pull ahead by a game in the all-important race for the number one seed. Either way, the Chiefs know what they need to keep doing, and that is winning football games. So I fully believe that they can get out to a big lead and hold it this time. That'll be the challenge, and they learned their lesson last week, and the Texans had their chance. That was their Super Bowl last week against the Cowboys, and I just don't think they can get it together again so quickly, especially with questions about Pierce's health. Cowboys after having that near miss against the Texans, are at the Jaguars. The Jaguars are very much alive in the race for the AFC South crown, still on the fringes of the wild card chase. Four-point favorites of the Cowboys with an over-under of 47.5. Can the Jaguars, who are the ultimate up-and-down team, they get a win. They're the kid that brings home straight A's, and then they bring home straight D-minuses. They get the shit kicked out of them by the Lions, and then they go back and they beat the Titans. It's just amazing the swings this team has been on this year. Can they put two together in a row, Chris? Can they hold close with the Cowboys? Can they beat the Cowboys? I, I, I mean, I do think it's it's scary. You know, I, and again, I mean, you, you know my thoughts on Jacksonville. Their talent is is not going to be outclassed here by the Dallas Cowboys. It won't be. 
But, I mean, you're right with Jacksonville. It, it is all over the place. And even last week, watching back that game, yeah, they were good, but a little bit like we just talked with Dallas where I go, I, I don't know if they really would have won that game. I mean, just, the mistakes that Tennessee made I just were a little surprising that way. They, they were. And, and I just don't know if you can expect Dallas to make those mistakes. Now, Dak Prescott has not been on his game, and maybe they can steal a turnover that way. But Dallas's running attack is right up there with the Philadelphia Eagles, and their traditional running attack is, is actually better. They have the best traditional running attack in the game. You know, their quarterback doesn't run much. He doesn't account for rushing yards very much for their football team as compared to the other top rushing teams in the sport. So their balance there I do think is going to put Jacksonville in a tough spot. Jacksonville has had issues stopping the run against just about against a lot of teams. And that, that means and the play action and Dak Prescott hitting C.D. Lamb crossing over the field is going to work. Uh, but I will say, you know, I do think Jacksonville is going to be able to move the ball on Dallas, too. I think they'll be able to run it enough, and Dallas will play some man-to-man and give you some chances to make some plays down the field because they're aggressive. I I think that the Jaguars are going to hang around. I'm going to pick Dallas to win 24-21. So you do have the cover by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I do. I've decided to go – where is my score on this? 27-21. I just think the Cowboys learned their lesson last week. They need to prove to themselves and everyone else they can win a game they're supposed to win. They can establish a little dominance in advance of their opportunity to narrow things with the Philadelphia Eagles next Saturday at AT&T Stadium. So, uh, I, look, I, I just can't trust the Jaguars. I can't trust them. They show us they're good, yeah. and then they show us they're not. I know. And they have a great game, and then they have a shit game, and it's very frustrating. If you're mm-hmm. a Jaguars fan, you have to be beside yourself with this team, but they still are very much alive to win the division, which is amazing at this point in the year. It, just, it's, it says that the AFC South, not quite as bad as the NFC South, but it's a pretty bad division. Cowboys, 27-21. Um, you, you actually finally picked against the Jaguars last week. Of course. I said they, that. Uh, I said, yeah, I'll yeah. pick against them last week, next week, this week, and then, then this will be the week they, they fucking do something. Of course, right. And they did, and they did. All right, yeah. Falcons at the Saints. The uh, Saints and Falcons both very much alive for the division title. Again, the NFC South is as bad as it gets. The Saints are four-point favorites. It's Falcons country, let's Ritter time. Desmond Ritter in at quarterback for Atlanta. Uh, Superdome, tough place to to play if you're the visiting team. Uh, you know the Saints coming off of that that ridiculous Monday night loss against the uh, the Buccaneers when they blew the late lead. Do you like the uh, Saints to stay in the chase, Chris, for the NFC South crown? I like them more than Atlanta in the matchup. I, I do. Um, I, I think one the Atlanta quarterback thing is weird. It's a little bit of a distraction. And, I, you know, by all due accounts, and maybe I'm wrong about something here, but it, it looks like a bullshit move by Marcus Mariota. I mean, he quit the team. We could say what we want, and if it was another guy and it was a DB or a receiver and they did this, we'd be – every talk show in football would, and, and on TV would just be killing the guy. I mean, I, I don't know, but it, by all due accounts right now, it looks like he literally quit the team. And uh, that, that's, that's annoying. Um, but, but I think the thing I look at is – Saints, you know, defense has been pretty good as of late. Offense, you don't know what to expect, but it's not a great defense by, uh, by the Atlanta Falcons by any stretch of the imagination. I'm going to play off the a little bit here of 
it looks like the Atlanta Falcons have folded the tent and you got a new quarterback going to play against a team that does a lot of different stuff on defense. And the fact that, like you're talking about, the Saints got some chances, you know, got a chance here. I'm going to say they kind of control this game and go, win this one 24-13 over the Falcons. I got the Saints 20-17. to We're both going with the needle thread. Saints to win, Falcons to cover. And, uh, again, the, I said the 24. Yeah. I'm not threading any needle. Oh, 24, 13. Yeah, I thought yeah. you said 24. I thought you, I'm sorry. I got, I got it wrong. I thought you said 24, 23, 24, 13. You're not threading the needle. I am Falcons to cover saints to win lions at jets. Jets Woo! are, uh, one point favorites in this one. It was pick them earlier in the week. Right now, jets, a slim favorite. Mike white apparently will play. If not him, it will be your friend and mine. The milfinator, the milfinator. back under center. For the New York Jets, Chris, who do you like in this one? Yeah, this is a. I mean, I'm I'm picking it as if Mike White's playing and he's good to go. That sounds like that's the plan, and I'm excited for this matchup. I mean, you got a battle of the heavyweights here when you talk about the Jets' defense versus Lions' offense. And let let me just say this: like the Lions' offense is more to deal with than the Buffalo Bills. I mean, the Buffalo Bills is just dealing with one guy. It's dealing with the you know. Magic Man Part Two and and Josh Allen, uh, that, and Diggs, that, yeah, and Diggs, right, right. I, I mean, that's what it comes down to. The Lions, that's not the case. The Lions make you defend every square inch of the field, and they got a lot of things to defend. The receivers are good. The offensive line is good. The run game is good. They do a great job of tying together the plays and you know making plays that are different look very much the same. Uh, I think they're going to be a pain in the butt. For the Jets defense, and I think this is this is one that's it's not the best matchup for the Jets because the Jets are a little bit smaller on the defensive side. They want to do it with speed, and this is a team that could you know bludgeon them in the run game a little bit. Uh, and then the other side of the ball, the one thing the Lions have corrected is their run defense. That's the uh, you know the first half of the year you could do whatever you wanted against Detroit, run or throw. But ever since they made the defensive coordinator change and had a few guys get healthy on the D-line, uh, they, they've put more big people on the D-line, and they've slowed down teams' rushing attacks. I'm going to take the Lions to get the upset here. I am. I think the Lions are kind of feeling the mojo, and I think they're a tough matchup for this Jets defense that I, I think a lot of. I'm going to go 23-21 Lions. Late field goal wins it. Since we have agreed on every game straight up so far this week, it's time for us to part ways. I think the Jets win this one. The Jets are feeling desperate. The Jets are 7-6. and six. They've got to get a win to stay alive. And I know the Lions are trying to accomplish this unlikely climb to the postseason. But at some point, it just falls apart a little bit. And it's going to be cold. It's going to be a little windy. The, the average winds are going to be in the range of 10 to 12 miles per hour. And we know from the past, Jared Goff outdoors in December and January is a problem. Let's not assume this guy is completely morphed into a different person. He's still Jared Goff, and he's playing his home games indoors and some of his road games indoors. This is outdoors. This is December. And I know they went to MetLife Stadium a few weeks back and beat the Giants. They got a little taste of it. did it. Right, but I, I think it's going to be a little different this time around. And I just think Robert Sala, that, that comment he had after the loss to the Bills where we're going to see them again this year, not next year, this year, I think he's going to have his team ready to go. And, uh, and the Lions, the team he grew up rooting for, Michigan native, a little, extra, a little extra incentive for Robert Sala. And they could have hired him 
instead of Dan Campbell. Remember, we thought at one point they were hiring Robert Saleh. It made too much sense. Right. Michigan kid comes home to coach the Lions, and they said, no, thank you. It's going to be an extra little, extra little spur for him to get the most out of himself and his team. He'll be running those steps a little bit harder before that game. So I just think the Jets, both sides of the ball, good enough to pull it off. I think Mike White plays. I think he plays well. The legend of Mike White continues to grow, and the Jets get to 8-6. and six. Let's take a break. My score, by the way. 27-20 Jets over the Lions. All right, let's take a break. When we return, 4 p.m. games, including Josh McDaniel's Revenge Bowl and the Tom Brady versus Joe Burrow contest in Tampa Bay. We'll do those next year on Chris Sims Unbuttoned and PFT. Chris Sims Unbuttoned, PFT PM, Week 15, late afternoon contests. The Cardinals and the Broncos look away, avert your eyes, hide the look away. God, look who away. wants to watch this one? The only thing that would make this one worse if it was a week from now on Christmas Day. But they do have to play the game. They can't just postpone it. They can't just cancel it. Russell Wilson concussion protocol. Kyler Murray out for the year. Instead, you've got Colt McCoy versus Brett Rippon, I believe. Yes. Uh, Two-and-a-half-point favorites are the Broncos. Do they finally get another win? The over-under, by the way, 36-and-a-half, the lowest of are we, the week. Are we definitive on Brett Rippon? Do we do we know that for sure, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, that's, that's, that's to me the, the million-dollar question here, and I don't know any rumors or where that's really at right now. And uh, it, it is because it, it's one where – if Russell's playing, I'm going to take the Cardinals to win an ugly football game. If he's not, if I, Russell's I mean, playing, if Russell's playing, I'm going to take the Broncos to win an ugly football okay. game. Excuse me. If Russell's not playing, I think the Cardinals will win an ugly football game. So, again, I'm not trying to cop out here, but I'm just being real with you. I'm going to play the fact that Russell's going to play and that, you know, their, their, their defense, the Broncos, that simple offense of the Cardinals outdoors in Denver – Season's over, Arizona. See you later. You know, and the Broncos are trying to end on a good note to have something for, for next year. Uh, I, I think this is one they gut out and win, like 20-17. to 17. Ugly football game. And did you know what my look away reference was from? Do you know what that's from? Look away, no, look no, away? No. You remember the movie Bridesmaid? You yes. Know, right? When she when they have the bad Brazilian steakhouse oh, food, oh, she's yes, taking a shit yeah. in the sink. That's <laughs> yeah. so the greatest scene ever. The street, in the street. <laughs> and then there's a little later in the anywhere. street. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. She's telling him to look away when she's in the sink. It's a, it's a great yeah. spot. <laughs> uh, Russell Wilson officially DNP yesterday with his concussion. He may have been present for a little bit of practice, but he did not participate, working his way through the five levels before he's fully and completely cleared to, to play on, on Sunday. And I just I don't think he will. I, why? I mean, first of all, it's an independent process. But second of all, even if he's cleared, why at this point? Why? They're eliminated. Keep him healthy. He had that big giant welt on his head from last week. There's no reason to put him on the field for this game. Either way, I like the Broncos to win. I just I think that uh, I you know, they, they've look, they've played everyone tough. Yeah, this no, year. they're no slouch. Down that way. 27 nothing. 
to the Chiefs, they came back. They are not quitting. They are not giving up. I think they win the game 21-13. to 13. The Cardinals, I think, are just in the, in the midst of a total shitstorm, and it's all falling apart. Give look, me the Broncos. Look away. Right. Yeah, perfect yeah, thing. Look shit, away. Shitstorm. Definitely look away. Look away. <laughs> yeah, uh, with or without the Brazilian food. Patriots at the Raiders. Josh McDaniels taking on Bill Belichick for the second time in their respective careers. Last time around back in 2010, Josh McDaniels with the Broncos – beat the Patriots now it's the Raiders and McDaniels and an opportunity to try to get things on the right track after that ugly Thursday night loss to the Rams one point favorites are the Raiders Patriots in the playoff chase Raiders trying to hold it together who wins this one I think whoever loses this one is done Chris who wins it yeah it's another one where it won't be a best bet I mean this is this is it's it's a coin flip game you know, it's the team who can, you know, make it's, – it's going to be one of those that comes down to two or three plays here. I, I think the one – the thing I look at is, is one, McDaniels knowing the Patriots' defensive system and how they operate. I think that's more advantage McDaniel in that department there. And, you know, Josh Jacobs, a little extra rest, hopefully closer to healthy – and their balance there, I think, can pose some problems for, for the Patriots' defense. And then, you know, again, it's not a great Raiders defense. We know that. But it, it's not a great Patriots offense either. And I, I just – I think, you know, again, you kind of have a feel for a team and what they're doing and how they approach things. I, I'm going to just go with the fact here a little bit of, like, it's a close game. Both teams know each other. And I think – between Max Crosby and then just Derek Carr and Devontae Adams and them being at home, that they're going to win a close football game. I'm going to take the Raiders 20-17 to 17 in this one. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we disagree. Yep. Look, I, I just – I think the Patriots parlaying what they did on Monday night, they did enough offensively. They're working their way through these issues. They're trying to make chicken salad on the fly. They stayed in Arizona, maybe coming together – focused on the task at hand, Bill Belichick wanting to beat Josh McDaniels. And there's just this propensity for the Raiders to fuck everything up. Hmm. And I can't discount that. Whatever it is, however it is, whenever it is, that's something that Bill Belichick doesn't have. The Patriots will button things up and they'll pounce on you when you do screw up. And that's what the Raiders will do at some point. I'm also concerned about Derek Carr. He made the comment yesterday he's not thinking about his future. If you say, I'm not thinking about my future, you're thinking about your future. And he has to wonder what they're going to do after the Super Bowl because they have a limited window right after the Super Bowl to rip up his contract and take away millions in guaranteed money. And when you look at what Baker Mayfield did last week and when you consider he's going to be a free agent eligible for anyone to sign him and Josh McDaniels worked him out before the 2018 draft and McDaniels saw what that guy did and he saw the lift and the energy he brought to the team, real, organic, uncontrived energy – I, if I'm Derek Carr, I'm getting a little concerned. Maybe I'm pressing a little bit in this one to rectify what happened last week and that ugly Ephus pitch throw that he put into the end zone for that interception that really may have opened the door for the Rams to come back. So, 27-23, Patriots is my pick. I like New England to win and to cover since they're not favored. Okay, Titans at the Chargers. Uh, I think whoever loses this one is in real trouble, although we talked earlier today about the fact that the Chargers need it more. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites, over-under of 47-and-a-half. Who do you like, Christopher? Man, I know. This is uh, the Titans' you know, pass defense that I thought had kind of righted the ship and was one of the better pass defenses in football. 
And in the last two weeks here, it's struggled. Now, you know, one of those games it was against a, a, a team that they were just overmatched. And it was they, they couldn't match up to stop the run, so they had to play man-to-man, and then they couldn't stop A.J. Brown. Last week, game was defense was playing really good early. They really were, but it's just like one of those things, again, where offense messes up and gives the team a little momentum, and slowly but surely there late in the second quarter, Jacksonville finally put some drives together, and then all of a sudden they couldn't stop Jacksonville in the third quarter. Uh, so I'm a little worried there, right? But I, I guess the, the thing that I look at here is no run game to worry about with the Chargers. The Chargers can't protect the passer all that well. I don't think it's a a overly complicated offensive attack by the Chargers in the passing game, like you've heard me say, right? So this isn't like – so th- this is where I just feel like they could be all over some of the stuff they do. And then I, I think this could be the Mike Vrabel control the clock and run the ball and play that style. Yeah, they're going to be able to run on the Chargers. I'm going to take the Titans to win this one. I think this is a game that matches up just right for them. I'm going to say they win, control the clock type of game, 21-17. I think the Chargers are starting to feel, feel it themselves a little. in a groove. Yeah. yeah, and I think that you know they get these guys are healthy, and I don't know how long it's going to stay that way, and Justin Herbert slinging the ball around, and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams doing their thing. And I just feel like the Titans have been knocked wobbly, and the John Robinson thing had the opposite effect of what I thought it was going to have. So – Last week, I thought the Titans would win big. I made them a best bet. It blew up in my face. So, of course, I'm going to pick against them. Got unlucky, which Mike. Which means they'll win. Yeah. Which yeah. means they'll win. Yeah. 30 to 24, I think the Chargers understand. And as we established earlier today, and I said it a minute ago, the Chargers need this more than the Titans. The Titans can lose this game and still win the division. If the Chargers lose this game, they, they very well may be cooked. This is their opportunity to really become a playoff team, and they could be they could be a, a tough out. Oh, I hear the you there. Season. Nobody can see that If they have enough guy. of their guys healthy. Yes, right. Yes. You don't right. want to see Justin Herbert firing on all cylinders no, exactly. in a single elimination right. game. With Joey right. Bosa and Derwin James and all that. Yeah. You're right. That could be real scary. One more in the 4 o'clock window, the 425 p.m. Eastern game. The big spot. The Buccaneers are back in the big spot, even though they got blown out, sir, last week. Bengals three-and-a-half-point favorites at Tampa Bay, 44 over under Joe Burrow. Getting his first taste of Tom Brady, who wins and yeah, why? Well, I mean, the man wins. The, the guy who's the man right now, and that ain't the goat anymore. It's that's not. That's Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's the man. I mean, I, I think the one thing we've seen it's it's pretty clear is Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert. I I, I don't know how much people how you can't watch football right now and going to go. Eh, they look a little different than everybody else. Uh, they really are, and then Burrow. You know, yes, he's on fire, and as we've discussed, they have a run game now too, and they protect good enough to where it's not that bad. And this is a—we have to get this out of our head. It's a Buccaneers defense that's not the same as last year, the year they won the Super Bowl. It's not. You know, they're they're banged up. They got guys in there that aren't really starting caliber at some positions, and. Uh, just they're they're a little bit compromised up front, and that's where I just think the Bengals will they'll move the ball with their offense, and I love the Bengals defense, and yeah, I don't have any really hope for the the Buccaneers uh, offense against them. I'm going Bengals twenty seven seventeen. Yeah, I got twenty seven sixteen, almost the exact same score. The Bengals are just a better team. There's something about the Buccaneers that I can't quite figure out. I know, because right? When you look at them on paper. They're good enough to win these games. Yeah, sure. They're good enough to be competitive. Right. They're good enough to be better than what 
we see, are. right, and right. I don't know what it is, and I don't know whether it's the Tom Brady distractions all year long, and I don't know if Tom Brady kind of got his affairs in order too late for it right. to matter. I don't know how much of this FTX collapse that nobody ever talks about is affecting him, but you know, he he was pretty in deep with this whole yeah. thing and it's a big mess now and his buddy Sam Bankman Freed is under arrest and facing felony charges and there's just a lot of storms and a lot of issues and a lot of distractions and a lot of questions and you know if you're other guys in the locker room at a certain point you get sick of it all being about Tommy it's all about Tommy that's all Everything. we hear about Tommy Tommy Agreed. Tommy Pete's telling me to wrap it up hey Pete kiss my ass kiss I'll my talk ass Pete I'm kidding I'm kidding, Pete. No, but I'm you're like, right. I'm I mean, how could he not get worn out by that? And then no one ever faults him for any yeah, of the bad worn play. Out is the it's key. everybody they else. Feel, they feel worn out. Yeah. This team yeah, just feels you. worn out. It needs a reboot. It needs a reset. It needs to move forward. Bengals 27, Bucks 16. Let's take a break uh, when we return. Prime time. Giants commanders time. trying to tie again. Wouldn't that be great if they tie again? <laughs> On Sunday Night Football, we'll talk about that. And the Monday Night Game, Packers-Rams next here on TFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuck. Sunday Night Football. TFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned here. Let's get to it. Giants at Commanders. They played to a 70-minute tie just a couple of weeks ago. The Giants in between got their asses kicked by the Eagles while the Commanders were off. Not exactly. I mean, if I'm the Giants, I'm thinking, what the hell? I mean, come on, man. We got to play this team again. All they've had, they've had an extended halftime. That's it. <laughs> Seriously. Right? That's yeah, it. Right. They had a 14 day halftime until we continue this game that is a tie right now. And whoever wins this game is in great shape. Whoever loses could be screwed. That that tie that they each have is going to be maybe the half step that gets you in or the half step that gets you out. Do the Commanders win this one at home? Four and a half point favorites, 40 over under. Chris, who do you have? Yeah, I like the Commanders. I do. I mean, you know my heart's with the Giants, but uh, I'm trying to pick with my brain and, you know, what I see in, on the field here. So I'm going Commanders. And, you know, here, here's my big reason. One, I mean, the Commanders, I just think, are the better football team. You know, two, they outplayed the Giants the first time. If you remember a little bit, like, Taylor Heineke missed a number of throws that day when we were sitting there watching the game in the control room where we kept going, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then they, you know, let the Giants back in the game late to where, like, the Giants had an opportunity to win the game or, or really make it interesting, and they kind of blew their opportunity. But I just feel like, one, like I said, Washington's better, and then I, I feel like the second matchup doesn't favor the Giants. One of the keys to the Giants is – their coaching and what they do, you know, catches teams by, oh, wait, I didn't think they were going to attack us this way and do that. And now they've lost that advantage since they played them already. And I don't think they have enough versatility in their team to change things up a whole lot there. And, again, Washington's one of those teams that's just kind of got their mojo going. They do. And I don't think Taylor Heineke's going to leave some of the plays he left on the field again. I think that's, of course, going to be something he looks back and go, man, how do I miss some of those throws? And I think Washington will have a better feel as far as how to defend you know, the Giants or what they want to do. I'm going Washington 27-20. I've got 24-17, so same margin, just a few less points on my end. Chase Young back. That's right. Defense already pretty good. Yep. I just I, – the commanders have been very, very good as the season has gone on, and the Giants have been falling apart. And the commanders see an opportunity. I see them being the sixth seed. I see them potentially going to Minnesota and beating the Vikings in the wild card round. 
I just don't. They see would be the scary. You're right at this point. I, I think the Commanders are a team that you have to take very seriously. We were talking yesterday about teams in the not top six. We've got three teams in each conference that we see as the legitimate contenders. Who can disrupt that party? The Commanders, my team that could disrupt it. So uh, I like the commanders to keep it going and get to the playoffs and win this one 27-20. All right, Monday Night Football. A game that a couple of weeks ago I'm thinking, oh, man, what is there anything else I can do that Monday night, the last Monday night before Christmas? Is there something I can do around the house? Can I go run some errands? Can I go out and look at decorations? I don't want to watch Rams Packers. I don't want to watch John Wolford or Bryce Perkins against Aaron Rodgers. Well, now it's Baker Mayfield, baby. With 11 days to get ready, not two days to get ready. This one is fascinating to me. The Packers, very much alive. They will be buoyed, potentially, if the Lions should lose to the Jets on Sunday. The Packers, they keep winning. They can get in. Aaron Rodgers feeling better. Seven-point favorites. Lambeau Field. Monday Night Football. 39.5 over under. Chris, who do you have? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Packers, but not by seven points. That's just, like, too rich for me. Uh, Again, this is a Rams... It's a Rams defense that's still good. I mean, it, uh, we saw that last week. I mean, the Raiders came out and had a little early success, and in the second half, they couldn't do shit, right? So I, I just – and again, with a simple offensive attack that the Packers have there, I, I have a hard time thinking that they're going to just march the ball up and down the field on the Rams. I, I, I don't see that. And then, you know, I, I do think with – Baker and your point and McVay and that combination there, that'll be enough time for them to be formidable on that side of the ball. And we've discussed and many a times, I don't think this playbook is anything that's like crazy to him, to Baker Mayfield. He's been in this system. He knows a lot of this stuff. I'm going to go Packers, but 19 to 17. I think they're going to sweat it out. It might take a late game drive by Rodgers to get a game winning field goal. I got 28-27, same idea. It's not going to be an easy one for the Green Bay Packers, and the Rams have nothing to lose. It's all, you know, this is it for them. Yeah. This is it. A couple of primetime games. And they still may, look, If I think if they lose, they probably get flexed out of the Week 17 Rams-Chargers game. I don't know. I, I think all of a sudden this Rams team is interesting late season. There'll probably be a better game to move into Sunday Night Football. It's NFL's call, not ours. Not ours. NFL makes that decision. But, I, I, I'm interested in watching the Rams with Baker Mayfield, and I think they'll keep it interesting. And then we get to see him on Christmas Day against the Broncos. Gives us a reason to watch that. So 28-27, Packers win, Rams keep it close. Hopefully it'll be a fun game as we get closer to the end of the season. We get closer to the end of the program. Best bets and our Folsom Prison Blues pick when Chris Sims unbuttoned and PFTPF wrap up right after this. Chris Sims unbuttoned PFTPM. We got to get to it. Best bets and Folsom Prison Blues pick. Chris, you're up with your first best bet of the week. All right. My first best bet of the week is I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs against the Houston Texans. I just feel like this is a game where, yeah, they're going to be kind of pissed off about their performance last week against the Broncos. Texans feeling kind of, oh, hey, we stayed close with the Cowboys. It's a 14-point spread, and it sounds like it's a Mahomes big-time stat day. I'm going with them. And the Chiefs are favored by 14 in that game. I'm going with the Ravens as two-and-a-half-point underdogs in Cleveland. I think the Ravens win that game. That's the easy analysis. If I think the Ravens win and they're the underdogs, you don't got to worry about the point spread. Ravens, for me, what's next for you? Yep, I hear you. I'm going to go to the other big point spread. I'm going with the Eagles over the Bears. I I just, I, I, I don't know. I have a hard time seeing it. 
I know you got the the Bears kind of keeping it close, but I just have a, a different feel for this one. It's a nine point spread, and I think the Eagles are in total all cylinders, all systems go for the Super Bowl push here right now. I will take the Cowboys giving the Jaguars four points after the near miss against the Texans. I suspect Mike McCarthy has been up their butts all week with it, and uh, the Jaguars showing some signs of life, but way too inconsistent for me. Cowboys minus four. Give me your last one. I hear you. You know, you never want McCarthy up your butt, Joe Boo. That's a tough one there. Um, all right, so uh, the next one is, 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 is the, the Bengals. Bengals favored by three and a half points. Um, they're going to win yes. by more than three and a half. They're just Boom. a better team. Give me that one, too. Okay. Give me that one, too. That's my other one. All right. Bengals. All right. Uh, who's the team? Who's your uh, Folsom Prison Blues? You got to ask. You're really going to ask? No matter what. Gonna, Chiefs. Yeah, all right. Chiefs. Exactly. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Anybody who's playing the Texans. Anyway, that's why we got to I, mean, I think for we, the rest of the year, whoever the Texans are playing is our official Folsom Prison Blues. Well, you're right. Maybe we, next week we should just – we have to pick somebody other than a team not playing the Texans. Maybe we no, should change no, that. No, no, no. All right, fine. One of the things Don't let's just call it the Texans. Picking whoever County plays blues. the Texans. <laughs> that's it. Enjoy the games this week. See ya. Have week. a good one. <laughs> 